Welcome to another edition of Carry On with Carrie Lloyd. Carrie is an internationally known and published author of countless articles on life, love, faith, relationships, and dating, as well as two books, The Virgin Monologues and Prude. She's also a speaker and pastor and the host of this little podcast called Carry On. You wish you had our friendship, but you don't. Amanda Cook, one more time, uh, because all of you sent in far too many questions for us to cover in just Did one they hour. Did we were doing a podcast? I messaged it. I mess. Uh, I, mean, I said, "What would you like me to ask the Amanda Cook?" Uh, uh, and here we are. Here we are. Alive. Some of them have asked some fantabulous questions. Mm. I can't wait to ask you. Um, what is? Her, oh, I don't even know what this means. This is one. What is her favourite thing about Winnipeg? <laughs> and what are her favourite pastimes besides anything music related and sleep anything wink, music related and emoji laugh sleep. emoji because whenever I'm asked this on tour what do you do in your spare time I tell them I sleep <laughs> I enjoy sleeping Netflix and sleeping what, yeah. what else would what else do? is there, there to do what uh, is Winnipeg what, do, what Winnipeg is, is the city that I grew up close oh. to and I lived in for so okay years. now see this is where I show that I'm a terrible friend and I don't know the basics again <laughs> episode 2 um, of Amanda and Carrie realising that Carrie knows nothing about her friend Amanda <laughs> but she enjoys her very much well, this is what lifelong friendship is Ooh. getting to know you <laughs> Getting, getting to know all about you. I love that you joined me. Yeah. That's all I, I know. know. I, don't, I don't even know. That's all I know. Mm. Uh, Winnipeg. I haven't been there in a couple of years, but there is a... I'm going to sound so... Mm. There is a Nordic spa. <gasps> you sent me pictures. Called Thermea, which is... One of the best experiences it, ever. It looked ever. phenomenal. I thought the bathrobes as well were exquisite. It's gorgeous. And you go in in the middle of winter, which is like minus 40 degrees Yeah, Celsius. that doesn't sound like fun. Right. But the thing is, mm. you're in the snow. Minus 40. <laughs> yeah. And you go from... Death to <laughs> life. <laughs> in a hot spa. <laughs> That's exactly it. It is so much fun. I okay. look forward to it every time. Because um, they have, you know, the they have the dry sauna, and then they have the scrubs and the hot, you know, pools Hotness. and everything. Hotness. <laughs> Hot steam. Yeah, it's so good. Every time I go back to Winnipeg, I'm like, oh, there's just, there are new things happening. There's oh, new restaurants. Hi. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a... Hubbub. Yeah, hubbub is a hodgepodge. Delightful thing. Yeah, and plus it's so cold there, so people... Like new use, people, well, like penguins. Yes, to keep warm, and I feel like it's very artistic. It's an artistic city because people spend a lot of time indoors, and so they have to. Well, you've watched that documentary of David Healthcott and the, the greatest pianist in the world, and his wife, Gillian, said no one created anything nice from the tropics. No, that every all the greatest 
creations no. have been from the winter <laughs> climate. <laughs> I think that's, so I think that's that extremely accurate. Yeah. All that looking out the window. Music kept us warm. <laughs> you know? Um, that, here's the next question. Change, quite mm-hmm. a change of subject. Okay. You guys should talk about sea turtles. <laughs> what? I don't have a Do you single, have... I don't have a singular thought about sea turtles. Although, if I was having a swim in the sea and one came close, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I freak out. I don't like being and in the sea. Are you going to bite me or do I sit on your shell and ride you? Yeah, I don't. Like, yeah. like Aslan in Narnia. I, I, don't I would pay good money to see you ride a turtle <laughs> out into the, the deep ocean. I would be watching with binoculars from the shore because I don't go into the ocean. No more. You know why? Because sharks. Oh, I know. Because I heard an amazing story though recently. So one of my students was telling me about how um, husband and wife uh, having a quick surf, as you do, in a boat, and there's a boat, and the shark comes near their way. I think this story is going really well. <laughs> I just want to point that out. You should probably save it for Christmas morning. You know, I will. I will. Shark story. Keep going. Keep going. That started on both surfboards and a boat. And there's a boat, as you do. As you do. I actually don't know. I'm going to check the details. I need to see your surfboard. I know. And that's why I like paddleboarding because I just have to stand and slowly glide. I'm not surfing. Mm. There's no way I'm trying out surfing. It's surfing without the aggression. Well, it's very aggressive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, surfing's so aggressive. <laughs> but you were talking about the story of the sharks. Please oh, well, finish. anyway, to cut a long story short, a shark comes up, tries to attack the wife. Husband goes, swim back. I've got this. No. He literally does. This is the most amazing husband story I've ever heard. And he punches the shark in the face, which apparently is what you do just to startle it. Just punch it in your face. Hey, the shark bites him in the leg. No, it bites the wife in the leg. That's right. Husband goes to attack it. She's like swimming about with you know, half a limb. And then <laughs> and she punches a shark. Shark comes back, punches again. Because it's taking a while to get back to the coast. It's Third in- time's a charm. Shark finally goes. Husband, wife, right when well, I'm never leaving you. You just saved me from a man-eating shark. Do you know what I mean? Can I just story. say that's an amazing story, but also entirely preventable? <laughs> what, as in the fact that he, he didn't have to be. You didn't have to go in the time. ocean so you wouldn't have been bit by a shark. <laughs> so I feel like I lack in the empathy department for With shark, shark stories. Because you know, you shouldn't have been. Swimming. There are a million ways that we're all going to die, people. Sharks <laughs> and are back in, to death. They are entirely preventable. Entirely. Don't go in the ocean. Unless you have a plane crash. That would be your worst fear. My worst fear would be Surviving that. Surviving a plane crash in the, ocean in the ocean and then being eaten by a shark. And then being attacked by a shark. I'd be like. They could no. smell your. They'll smell your fear. They'll no. smell it. No, I don't. Um. Also, the question person. was about sea turtles. <laughs> and we ended up on sharks. sharks. Both in the sea. Sharks probably eat sea turtles. Practically the same thing. Um, I have, um, oh, from sea turtles to um, anointing in ministry. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. I like how varied these questions are. Also practically the same thing. 
Sharks, turtles, anointing, and ministry. <laughs> there is a correlation somewhere. Sea turtles and attack the sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, any tips for women uh, with an anointing and ministry in vocational settings? Mm-hmm. Any tips? Just any tips in general? <laughs> That's literally the question. Any tips in general? Oh, man. Uh, Sleep. And watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say... I think sometimes you get so stuck on... Oh, this is just going to get into real violent territory. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, but I'll, I'll just share from my own story. I think I grew up in a very conservative situation. A very conservative, um, beautiful church. Um that didn't know where it stood on women in leadership. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And um, are still navigating that and doing the best that they absolutely can do, and as everyone is. But I grew up in a, a home culture where my, my parents were very much equals and they just treated each other as equals. So I haven't mm. gone, I haven't lived in someone else's shoes where mm. women aren't... I mean, there was a moment in our church where they were trying to decide whether or not women could be even the title of a pastor or the title of whatever. And I, maybe because I'm not really prone to titles as much, but also I wouldn't even say that. I would say that I just grew up in a home where it just wasn't about that ever. So that wasn't a defining factor of anyone's character Which must have been very liberating. It was. And probably helped your creativity, I imagine. It was because my parents never put any boundaries on what they envisioned for us as kids. They had a son, they had a daughter, and there was no like... You can do this, but you can't do this. It was dream, stare out the window, yeah. study the thing that you are, that you like are gra- that you gravitate yeah. towards, and become everything that you can. And it just wasn't titles. Actually, kind of stressed me out. They kind of box yeah. things in for me, and I'm like, oh, I don't. I'm not wired that I don't want to be stuck. Totally. And so maybe there's that, but I I find sometimes like there are a lot of women who will block something that I never have. Which mm. is that grind of like, how do I speak up in a yeah. dominated society in a, in a in a place where, like, we aren't treated as equals, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And to that, I would simply say, I don't know why I'm going this direction, but to that, I would simply say, hey, I haven't walked that journey, mm. and um, that can be, I can imagine, extremely difficult. But there's a flip side to it of being actually free from all titles and all um, boxes and all definitions of man. Yeah. And just simply doing what's right in front of us well. And that can look like being, you know, a president or it can look like making music or it can yeah. look like, you know, studying something. It can look like a really quiet, loud thing. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think like... As far as like tips for women in ministry, I'm just like, I'm not a typical women yeah. minister, I don't think. I, I think I tend to think outside of like, like women always, versus men. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of like, do what is right in front of you and dare to dream way past that. And then yeah. wait for the moment where the parenthood of God accelerates you, leads you, and yeah. defines the next step. For you because it will actually blow it will blow all the paradigms of yourself and everyone else like it yeah. doesn't to me like the leading of the Lord is like it just defies all 
yeah. reality. It really defies all reality. Like, so. It's funny. I remember someone coming out to me not too long ago. Um, I'm teaching on acts at the moment. Mm. And all of us are women that are teaching it. And just really powerful, fiery, beautiful women. And I didn't think about the fact that all of us were women. Right. I just thought we were there because everyone had different giftings to talk about. And that's amazing. And I think that for me, and yet, um, I think it was, I think it was done on purpose that we were all women. Hmm. Um, because the one that sort of chose us is wanting to kind of build us and bring us up into a kind of level of Bible teaching that she is incredible at. So, so I'm happy to be mentored by her. Um, and yet I don't think of us being women. I just think about the giftings that each person has. Totally. Um, and so that for me is always an interesting journey of like, oh yeah, I forget that we're actually allowed to, yeah. to do this. I mean, I'm, you know, back in England, I was in a, I was in a church, um, and it was a friend's funeral and, um, my mother, uh, was asked to read, um, for the, for our friend's funeral and it's a couple of years ago. And the church wouldn't let her read because she was female. That and is foreign to me. Yeah, and I and I, I was like, oh my gosh. And my mom, God bless her soul, she was very humble and went, okay, no problem. And just, but I sort of <sighs> ling- I lingered around the priest for a little bit longer because I desperately wanted to have a conversation with him about it. And um, are we just hanging on the kind of one Timothy two area a little bit too long? Women should be silent. Are we hanging on Context. to that? Context. 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 So I think it was just so interesting. I really, but my mum just sort of shooed me along a little bit, so I couldn't stop and talk to him. But it, I do find it fascinating. I'm, I'm reminded in those moments of like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're, we're we're lucky to be in a place that totally our giftings are seen. Longer and I'm than living our gender. in a yeah. I'm living in a world that somebody else created for me that I'm, I'm lucky enough. I don't want to use luck, but I mean, like yeah. I, I grew up in Canada and it's very like free, free for all kind of yeah. like, it's very liberty driven, yeah. do your own thing, create your own life yeah. and pioneering. And you know, you know what I mean? Totally. Like it's not, it's, we, we have a tendency to be very passive in most things. Yeah. And um and also the way that I'm wired is not necessarily to be out, out at the front like the front lines of things necessarily mm. but I think that um I think it's a no-brainer to me there are mm. certain things that I walk into because of what I was handed and because of where mm. I grew up and because of how I was brought up. I go yeah. how is that even possible? Yeah. Like how is that even a thing? I don't yeah. understand it. I literally do not understand. I don't mm. comprehend it. Um and there are a lot of women who are making bold moves because yeah. they actually are like speaking. Yeah. You know, everything, I think everyone's called to a certain type of inner rebellion against world systems. And the, boxes. The, yeah. Structures. That actually requires a dangerous obedience. Like it's not a rebellion <laughs> against all things. It's yeah. a dangerous obedience that like the, the actual like fruit, like it'll look like a rebellion yeah. against a certain yeah. system, but it's actually, it's a higher level of it's obedience. Like Christ, really. Yeah. It's so a higher it's like, obedience. It's a yeah. deeper level of living. Yeah. And so I think a lot of women have been doing that and who have paved the yeah. way for me, for us totally. to sit here and speak yeah. so freely of yeah. it. And yet I also, it does feel foreign to me because of the way yeah. I grew up. You know what I mean? So, so it's kind of like this ethereal concept to me. And yeah. often when I talk to women who are in leadership or ministry and who are actually like in the throes of something, redefining what the organized church yeah. looks like yeah. in this day and age so that our daughters and sons can grow up feeling like equal possibilities 
you know, which is the way my brother and I grew up. Like we just grew up. It was just not, it was, he chose a path that he wanted to be on, which was to take over the family farm. I chose music and my Mm. parents just never, it was just, they were so, you know, their values were like agriculture and and education. Mm. And so it was like, you know, that was so deeply instilled in me. It wasn't about like who does what. Yeah. my mom drives a combine she like they just yeah they work as a team it was very much a team thing yeah anyways i don't know why i, got on this. I don't know why I got and on then this ironically thing. someone just said babies talk babies oh, but God. i'm not quite sure talk about babies i don't have one you don't have one no, don't know that's all we say. really have to say about that's that. really all we have to say one day we might yeah. have children one day we might that's all I Last time Amanda and I talked about babies, I was talking about potentially wanting to adopt. Mm. But that's a whole nother mm. podcast, my friend. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. People are asking where you can find the podcast. It's not yet out. You just wait a moment, mister. Um, uh, how is she able to balance... Amanda. Oh. How is she able to balance a life of being a worship leader and in the spotlight as well as being a wife and also having time for herself? Do you like how I ask that question? I do. I do. I feel like I'm on Desert, Desert Island Discs oh. with BBC. <laughs> You're such a good voice for it. I you should, do, I should be on the BBC, to be honest with you. I should, you know. I don't know what the balance is. When I find it, I'll let you know. I feel like... I think you do a good job. I, think, I, I honestly think you and Jacob do a fantastic job of embracing the variety of your life it's a it's quite a variety and there are two artists in our house absolutely it's very it's a very full house yeah <laughs> i think it would be a different journey if only one of you was an artist yeah, so it would no, be a different adaptability. and for a while it kind of was like he just played such a supportive he's just always been such a champion of my heart and dreams mm. like he's he's always to the like there's a beautiful sacrifice in himself that he's made, but also to the detriment of himself. And mm. I think we're finding there's room. There's just so much room. There's room for him to, like, I, there's just nothing that brings me more joy watching him do something that he's born to do and yeah. create the world that he wants to create and yeah. express and write poetry. And he's an incredible poet. So, so incredible. I might actually get him on the show. Yes, please do. You know do. I mean? Please do. Because he played me some of the stuff. I can't remember where you were. Where were you? I think you were in England. Mm. And I I went out to pick up the piano, um, the keyboard. For your, for your piano. For my own classical talent. <laughs> it's so good. I have. Um, but I, he was playing some of the stuff that he's doing. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's amazing. And he's the music brilliant. itself. He's the brilliant. I'm like, the just, music attached to it. Um, yeah, it's amazing. As well as the amazing, I mean. He's, he's the... I feel like he's the best kept secret. Not to be a secret much longer, but he really is. Mm. And I think as far as balance goes, I I think the uh, balancing the spotlight and worship, I just think that there's a lot that could be said about that because um, I think in me there's this draw. I I want to draw people into the contemplative practice of knowing that God is with us and mm. they can encounter. We can all encounter Him at any time, and mm. and that looks like tuned attention. It looks like it does look like laying down our life. I'm not saying it's not without cost. It costs every anything that is worth something costs mm. extravagantly. So it's yeah. not it's not just like I'm not casual when I say that, but um, I think 
beauty is not vanity. Yeah. And we've confused the two in church culture. Yeah. And we think that, um, you know, mm. that there's, yes, I mean, there is something about discernment, of course. Like, you can tell when things are happening purely mm. to respond and iconicize God. Mm. I don't even want to necessarily say reflect. I want to say, like, being a conduit, like iconicizing something. An icon is just simply a symbol of something that's much grander than it is. Right. And Madeline Langle writes about us being living icons, like not idols. The worship doesn't stop at us. Uh, We're icons. We're meant to be a looking glass, like that's good. seeing through us to the unseen, like right. invisible, omnipotent, omnipresent God who you know, is manifest through his son, Jesus Christ. Like, to me, I'm like, anything, like, that there would be an iconic thing. I think there's... Right. That our lives are meant to be iconic symbols of that. And we get afraid of taking too much glory for ourselves, but I'm like, is that actually... I just pose the question, is that actually even possible? I don't think so. I think everything is made low. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's brought low when, like, the reality of God is mm. the reality like it just is it just simply is and we throw ourselves at the mercy of that and so yeah. for me I'm like it's not a question of how humble can I be it's how great can he be mm. like I think humility yeah. is an innate response when we realize our humanity and our need for God that we're tiny we're finite we're made of dust we're made of this we're made of stardust we're like a composed held together vibrational being under his watchful gaze and that's mm. why we exist that's why this all exists mm. so if we all collect ourselves under that watchful eye the watchful gaze of god like to me it doesn't become a question of like am i being too much or too little is this you know it's yeah. like everything is meant to be a grand display of what is possible in the presence of god of who he is you're talking about being tiny and i think i look about you know, being a Brit, I come from a culture that uh, there's a sort of, this isn't to put England down, it's just one of our traits. Mm. And I remember talking to some wise fellows here and they were like, um, America is is on the verge of confidence, borderline arrogant. Mm. Whereas England is on the verge of false humility mm. and um, both are prideful. Somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic. Is Canada. <laughs> We're just like, give us America, another hundred uh, years. Land is not very good at her geography. Yeah, okay, not. She, she give us another. <laughs> she was homeschooled um, and played the, the piano. Um, is our mindset? Give us another hundred years. So, like, I had to sort of build. I mean, when I first came out to America, and you know, everyone was. You know, gosh, someone would just stand up and everyone got a round of applause for them. I'm so amazed. Gosh, gosh, we're really keen on celebrating. I went to go and yeah. watch the producers on Broadway in New York, and um, Matthew Broderick walked on stage. Just walked on stage. I hadn't done anything. God, I love it. And I'm like, the two doesn't even. You exist. You have 
landed on the stage. Well done. I love it. So I couldn't believe it. I was like, why is everyone applauding? This is outrageous. He hasn't earned our you respect. You barely get a clap at the end of a two-hour show, a one-man show. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I find it really fascinating to go, gosh, America celebrates people really well. And yet, so our false humility doesn't know what to do with it when we come over here. We're like, you're a bit much. You're a bit keen. You need to calm yourself. You're a bit dramatic. Agitating in the best way. Yeah. It? And it's a, it's a kind of the, this perfect trigger all over the shop. And so, <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I've, I've been sort of almost prideful in this stick mm. upper lip. Um, let's just calm ourselves attitude, you know. Um, which hmm. avoided me to be able to celebrate people. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I basically, I feel like, I feel like you have a great combo. <laughs> I feel like you are in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> I'm in the middle. I'm swimming away from the sharks. <laughs> All I'm trying to do is survive here. I don't want to go down. And here, Carrie shark. enters on a sea turtle. <laughs> 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 I'm in the middle of the Atlantic, freezing. <laughs> yes. Watching the plane slowly sink. If you could be, okay, if you weren't to be a musician and a songwriter, <laughs> what do you think your other oh. career would have been? Oh, I don't, see, career in, indicates doing something <laughs> <laughs> with my life, so, which is you... a hard one for me. I If doing involved study and research maybe that I I, mm. I I would love to end up on because Oprah <laughs> right <laughs> um, yes Oprah is one of my friends in my imagination is she? oh I've spoken Actually, to her that's a good question no I've spoken to her since I was a child because she was she was raising my mother and I. We would watch Oprah together since I was a kid wow and I would talk to her on my lawnmower <laughs> So in the previous episode, Amanda and I were talking about imaginary friends. Yeah. And uh, she was talking about how the fact that she didn't have imaginary people friends. It was actual people that she had imaginary conversations yes. with. Yes, I've had many, uh, many, <laughs> I want to say actual conversations. They've never, they've never actually happened, but right. imaginary conversations with Oprah. But um, I digress. Where were we? Well, if you look under your seat, there's an envelope and you oh want to call. Oh my God! You want <laughs> um, oh, I don't know sorry. where we were. Oh, we, we were, were talking, talking about, about imaginary. Oh, <laughs> we we're talking about imaginary friends. We were talking before that. Oh, I, said before. I was saving you from a shark on a sea turtle. You absolutely were. We were talking about living in America, doing the balance. America, humility, false humility, uh, being pride, arrogance, being pride, somewhere in the middle. A lot of pride. I think pride just bows naturally in the presence of God. Yeah. It, I think, like, there's a resistance to it, absolutely, where mm. we have to, like, navigate the resistance. Mm. But I think that pride is such a, it's such a shadow on the wall. It's not a real thing. It's, it's an insecurity that's masking itself as a monster in the closet. It's not, yeah. it's not the be-all, end-all of, like, who we really, really, truly are at our core. I think yeah. humanity and, and humility have the same root word, and I think there's a good reason for that. It's that we're, we're actually like meant to understand our limitations and our finite yeah. nature yeah. and our need, and that those actually are dignified through Christ, the incarnation of Christ. And mm. um, so I think, I don't ever think that, you know, humility is about having a lesser view of who we are. I think it's just 
about allowing God to expand our view of who mm. God is. And then a humility is a follow-up. Humility is a response to that. It's like I can't help but fall on my face. Yeah. And not out of like, oh, God, you need to be more. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. I never yeah. knew. Oh, my. It sets everything in order. It prioritizes everything. It's like mm. a clean sweep. It's like, well, that, oh, that's a relief. And then we get to yeah. be children again. We get to be childlike again. We get to be reliant again. We get to be all the things that kids naturally do is what we're returning to. I mean, that, one of the things that I feel like in regards to pride and um, you're talking about the presence if we don't steward the secret place, and I think it's really easy for pride to come in, and when mm. I talk about secret place, I mean prayer life, intimacy with the Lord. And one of the things I keep on saying to my students is, the thing is, the enemy didn't understand intimacy. Mm. Um, and so that's why pride took place. Mm. And why the, wow. why the great fall happened and the opposition began, I think. But when... But I do know that the enemy is very aware of the fruit of intimacy, which is why there's a constant attack to try and not let it happen mm. and to attack it so that we never really understand because intimacy breaks everything, I think. Mm. So I guess my last question for you is really like, what does your secret place look like? There's a lot of tokens and books and it's... <laughs> A place where I hoard all of my things. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is a little bit. I have to let a few things go in there. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I think it's uh, the, the deepest, maybe, in revelation of that to me is that it goes with me wherever I go. And it's constant. And it's always there. It's a place I can always return to. Mm. It's not... I mean, the tokens and the places are for my my own like finite understanding and humanity to be able to return to and go, this is the place. It's like for my mental space to be able to go, I'm going for a walk in the bird sanctuary and this mm. is why. You mm. know, I'm going to go sit in this chair in the sunlight and this is why. Mm. I'm going to now dial down and I'm going to read this book and this is why. Like those mm. are all helpful rhythms for me to engage in that place but the place doesn't ever diminish it's always there mm. and for me it's it's always there and it's always expanding it's always calling me higher and deeper it's always um growing wow. in winter it's always the the paradox it's always the the opposite today it's always that you know when in winter we think everything is dying and I grew up in a winter season that would last six months and that would cause wow. us to you know, cluster around a piano and, and around music and around wow. a home where it was like, this is the time where we do this. My wow. dad would read stories around the fire every night and we would listen to, you know, the greats and we would listen to poetry and we would listen to great novels and he would just tell a great story. And, and there's just something about, to me, the secret place looks like all four seasons. Mm. Um, it doesn't look like an endless summer. It looks wow. like, like a place where... You know, the time for rest comes and we pull away and we draw away intentionally in order that our roots just be like we were able to like look at some things and let some things grow underneath the surface and in order that there be more fruit eventually, you know. Um, but I think, I think the most beautiful thing, I spent a lot of time on planes and 
I've always loved them. I've always, yeah. I mean, <laughs> love is a strong word. Um, I'm terrified of them. And I also Are have Are you to, really? Yeah, Are you scared of flying? Yeah, I don't like, if I think about it too much, I, I just. That's true. Me. It is a bit of like, you're in a 200 ton. You're in a tube in the sky. Yeah, full of metal. Suspended. That if someone just switches off the if engine. If someone lights a match, boom. you're dead. That's why I'm slightly nervous about lithium batteries. Yeah. It's terrifying. Do you know what I mean? It There's actually is. Too many virals going around. We're bringing it back to the same. plane crash, but I think it's a good place to land. <laughs> I sat with a pilot one time and asked her all of the questions. Crying. I was like, what is the most dangerous thing that can happen on a plane? She's like, fire. Oh. It's an oxygen tube. Oh my God. You're right. Oh, wow. Fire. Lithium batteries. Anything that's flammable. Of course, that's the most dangerous thing that can happen. But... She was saying... What about a bird strike? We good? Like a she big said, flock of birds? So we were in a big plane. Uh, that's yeah. a... I don't know what it's actually called. I'm just going to say it was Very a big plane. Um, and she was telling me about the many engines and how you can land successfully on two. There's four on a big plane. Oh. But you can land successfully on two and if need be on one. So it's like... Unless the you wing can blow. drops off. In which case... Yeah, she also said if we end up in a spin, we're done. So basically, fire or a spin, (laughs) we're done. So now I'm like, (laughs) I'm prepared. But it's alright, because when you're getting into the spin, you'll be like, hey, Carrie, can you just punch me in the face so I don't remember this? And you'll be singing, you make me brave. No, I'll tell you what I listened to the last time I thought something was happening. Oh. Last time I thought... Radiohead. That's probably where you went. No, it wasn't. No? Taya's gonna love this. Taya Smith is gonna love this. Really? Because I was in turbulence and I don't get too stressed out about turbulence, but this one was like, oh wow, this is. Tell my mother I love her. It was just really intense. (laughs) And as I went to my. How intense are we talking? With things falling off the... No. See, that's where I'm like, I'm dramatic. I live in my imaginary place a lot of the time. <laughs> things weren't falling off, but we were dropping. You know when you do oh, the like... no, no. You do the kind of bump Mm-mm. and then you drop? No. That's, that's what was happening. We're not alright with that. I'm totally fine with a little bit of bumpy... That's when you shouldn't look at the statistics on the flight map. You're flying at 36,000 feet and then it goes, oh, 34,000. Oh, no, 36,000. You yeah, dropped 2,000 feet. Oh, I know. Down. I felt it. We were we were gravity left to the building. So and they and and so I changed my playlist to uh, <laughs> uh, not today. Happy by Pharrell. No, not today. <laughs> Tell the devil no, not today. <laughs> no, 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 not today. No, 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 not today. I join you, but I don't this song. <laughs> Actually, what I listened to. Did it work? Or you're like, why it is work? It did, and then part of me was like, I'm kidding myself. Do you know what you should if do? If it is my day, it's my day. <laughs> Dang it. Do you know what you should do? What? You should. This actually helps me tremendously in turbulence for all those fearful flyers out there. Um, I'm no good for that. People have come onto a flight with me and they're like, oh, you're here. We're not going down. I know it's secure. <laughs> They shouldn't talk to me. I'm like, oh god, I don't want to say. No, what this I'm is thinking. what this is what you do. You they're get like, a glass they're of like, water. no. People tell me they're like, you're in the middle of your assignment, 
So we want to go down. I'm like, Liberty. do you know how many people died in Martin the middle Luther of their King. assignment? Martin Luther King was in the middle of his assignment. So, that was the problem. Exactly. I'm like, there is no, there's no guarantees here, people. Yeah. Guarantees. Guarantees. Here's the deal. <clears throat> there's no guarantees. Glass of water. Glass of water. <laughs> water. Water. There's no guarantees. Living water. No. So if Wait, anyone's the, fine water, the water will help you. If anyone's Glass fine with water. me, I, I just need you to, to know. Tip, you know okay, interested. yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> Glass of water. Fill it up to a certain... Not too high. That's too much. Middle of For the range. For flying? For flying. When it gets turbulent, you'll notice that the water actually isn't moving all that much, but it'll feel a lot more turbulent than you think. Then go into a car, do the same thing, and notice that the water's flying out all over the place. So we could die in a car. It calms you. Oh. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's only going to amp my anxiety about driving. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Next yeah. time I get into a car and I watch my glass of water, you are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. You were worried about planes. You should be worried about the Volvo you were about to get into. It's a very safe car. <laughs> the safest I've heard. It is. In the tests that have been done in 2016. Very, very grateful for that. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> thanks for joining me. Wow. <laughs> we really went on a few tangents. Talking about plane crashes. It'll always come back to the plane crash, won't it? Yeah, but hey, Amanda, you make me brave. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm on a plane. <laughs> then I'm going to play the other song. No. Huh? The other song? <laughs> oh, your jingle. We need to actually. No, actually, that is that. what all the attempts that you've made of a jingle I'll that have to we record can't, that properly. Let's do it tomorrow night because, to be honest with you, it's actually one of the things that will make me so happy no matter what my day looks like. It's astonishing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night, everyone. It's good night from her and good night from me. Good night, world. Thanks for checking into the Carrie Lloyd podcast. Um, if you loved it, share it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Carrie Gracie, Facebook at uh, Carrie Lloyd, and Twitter at Carrie Gracie. Um, we do have a website which is CarrieLloyd.net, and if you have any questions of any sort, um, then you can just email me at Carrie at CarrieLloyd.net. <laughs>